Um, and so Sheridan and Jan, they lead a, a significant church in our movement and a significant church uh, in Hamilton. And they've been around for a, a, <clears throat> a wee while in the movement. And uh, they're just stalwarts of what uh, Acts really is, our Acts Church Fano. So we're really thankful and glad to have them here. They're friends of ours and have, uh, we've known them for a number of years. So can we just do a good Cornerstonian welcome? You laughed at us when we said that. Cornerstonian welcome as we welcome Sheridan up this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Kia ora Awesome to be with you today. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, it's our privilege. We love coming down here. We spent so much of our lives down here that um, it, it feels like home really to us when we come. And it, it's absolutely wonderful. So it is great to be with you today. Hey, before I, I start, Jan's going to come actually um, before she goes and do her dance thing. But... Um, you guys are so blessed with Dre and Hannah as your leaders. You really are. We love coming down and, and working with your teams. And, um, and you've, you've got incredible leaders. These guys are amazing. They really are. And I think it would be, be great to honour them this morning, eh? They are fantastic. And then the leadership team around as well. Um, you know, yeah, that's right. Because it, it does never one or two people. It's always a team. And, um, and you guys are doing some incredible things, and you're on a fantastic journey down here. I understand there's a little bit of disappointment last week that things aren't going quite as fast as you'd like, but, um, you know, you, you prayed into that and you did everything you could. Maybe God's just saying, let's wait a little, and, uh, and he will bring to the end what he has started. Is that right? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Jan, why don't you... Um, yeah. Yes. Guess what? I'm now a nana. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's odd. Oh, did I steal your thunder? Were you going to share that news? Anyway, yeah, we've got a two and a half week year old little granddaughter. After having two sons, we have a granddaughter and we have another granddaughter who is arriving in August. So, yes, we are blessed. So we're looking forward to some more cuddles with little Laurie. Anyway, I, uh, I feel prophetically, um, shall I dance while I... <laughs> prophetically, I want to uh, encourage you cornerstone. I want to speak that word, cornerstone. He's called you to, to, um, to stand strong in Him because he is your cornerstone. And I feel uh, Heavenly Father wants to um, encourage, I say encourage, invite, but I feel it very, very strongly, uh, almost more of a command, uh, that he wants to command, invite, encourage you to come running into him in a, in a greater way, to, to draw nearer to him in a greater way. We, you know, we, we, when we are a Christian, you know, it is wonderful. We have relationship with God and that can be on many levels. And I don't know about you, but, you know, being in a marriage relationship, um, who wants a mundane marriage when you can have a great, you know, a close marriage where you can draw closer to one another and you, you just know that look or maybe that's a bit scary, that look. But, but, but I feel he, that's what Heavenly Father is, is, is calling 
you cornerstone to stand stronger in him and you will do this by drawing nearer to him, by, by even with a, uh, a, a tenacity within yourselves to get closer to him. I feel that, that this is almost a, um, a warning uh, to you uh, as a, a loving warning from your heavenly Father, not a not an ugly one, but a beautiful, a beautiful, loving, invite, warning, command to come into Him in a greater way. Because I feel that if if we do not, He is at work right now, and that the enemy is at work. Father God is at work. Holy Spirit is at work, and it, there is a need to come running to Him. There is a need to cement ourselves in Him in a greater way. Otherwise, we will not be able to stand. He wants us to stand. He is our cornerstone. He wants us to know Him and to be known by Him. And with that picture, um, Dre, I, this is uh, the, the scripture that, um, that I felt uh, for you, cornerstone. Standing strong, arising strong. From Psalm 1, I'm squinting because I don't have my glasses. Psalm 1, they, you, first of all, it's, it talks about how our life can look, but then it says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on, on it day and night. Did you know that the law of the Lord is the Word, and the Word is the Lord? He is the Lord. So get into His Word. He wants to speak to you. He wants to build you up. He does not want you to wither and to dry up, but He wants you to be, stand strong. He wants you to be in that loving relationship. He's calling you to a love relationship, a revived, a, a love relationship with Him that is on fire. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. I declare that over you, Cornerstone, that you will bear fruit in and out of season, that there will be a, a fantastic building that is coming to pass very soon. There are, God is going to do great and wondrous things. I declare signs, miracles and wonders taking place. I see that for you, Rolleston, and a cornerstone Rolleston. So draw near to him, run into him. He's inviting you. It's a beautiful, beautiful invitation to you, church. God bless. Thank you, Jen. Well, I'm not a nana, I'm a papa, and uh, it's a pretty exciting season. We decided not so long ago that we had to stop fooling ourselves that we were young anymore. We just celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary and grandkids now. You just can't avoid it, can you? It is what it is. Hey, don't, I, I love the fact that um, we're all on this journey together. None of us are perfect. Uh, none of us get it right all the time. We're all, we're all on this journey in God together, aren't we? And, and sometimes I'm sure he just looks at me and, and, and I'm sure he pulls like Gabriel over and says, look at this idiot. I'm sure, and, and Jan would say, you shouldn't use language like that. She's like the, the language police. You shouldn't call yourself an idiot. But I'm sure he does. I'm sure he just called Gabriel over and goes, look at this clown. Look what he's doing now. A few months ago, I was at a cafe. And um, I was there with a, a, a guy, it was a, a pastoral thing, and, 
It was very nice, actually. He paid for my coffee. So that was a good one. I have another visit with him. And, uh, and, and I left the cafe, and I never thought, I just went back to the car, as you do, you know. And I got to the car. So I, I'm out of the cafe. I put my hat on because challenged, don't want to get sunburnt. It's a problem, eh? You get sunburnt in the summer, you get cold in the winter. But anyway, I, um, I go back to the car, and, and I get to the car, and I go to open it, and it's like, oh, where's my wallet? I can't find my wallet anywhere. And I'm looking at I, I just so you go, oh, it must be in the cafe. So I go back to the cafe. I look under all the cushions where I, where I was sitting, and I find it. I can't find it anywhere. And I go, well, it must be in the car. So I walk all the way back to the car again. And I get back to the car, and, and I open the doors this time in the car, and I look under the seats. I look everywhere. Cannot find it. Doesn't matter where I look, it's not there. So I go back to the cafe one more time. And I look everywhere, I can't find it, I'm trying to find it. And so I say to the staff in the cafe, who are lovely people, because cafe owners normally are lovely people, otherwise they don't last. And, and, and I said, look, I've lost my wallet. It's, it must be here somewhere. Can you, can you give me a call when you see it? And then I go back to the car one more time. And I get to the car and I go, oh my goodness. It was sitting on top of my head, in my hat. In my hat. And then I come to Rolleston and Pastor Dre gives me the mic and says, you can preach. So I pray for you. In Jesus' name. I love the fact that we're on this. But I'm, I'm on this, and I hope you are too, this journey of getting closer to him, despite our issues, despite our challenges, despite our quirks and uniqueness. We're on this journey of growing closer to God, and I actually think this is a prophetic moment in time where God is uh, drawing his church close, and he is really after an intimate relationship with us. You know, he, at the end of the day, he knows you and I. Uh, it, it was no surprise to him that I found my wallet sitting on top of my head. It was a surprise to me. But it's no surprise to him. And, and, and I think at the moment, I think with what God is doing, the whole area of intimacy in our relationship with him is what's going to bring breakthrough. Is being close with him, walking close with him, not straying far from him. But can I put it another way? You've got to tell him that you love him. You've got to tell him that you love him. Everyone wants to know that they're loved. Every person wants to know their love, but God wants to know that they're loved. And we've got to tell people, but we've got to tell God that we love him, that he is the apple of our eyes, that we're passionate for him. You see, intimacy and appreciation for someone grow when we verbalize it. And so often we don't verbalize things with God. We just assume he knows. But our words really, really matter. Our words tear down and our words build up. Proverbs 18 says, The wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Our words really, really matter. And not only to one another and to ourselves, but also our words to God. We all like to be affirmed, don't we? We all like to be affirmed. Try it for a minute. Say to the person next to you, just say something nice to them. Give them a compliment. You know, verbalize it. Yeah, say something nice. I like 
If you're single and you're looking for that life partner, that was your moment. You had an opportunity there. It was like, I didn't know angels could fly that low, or you could gaze into that lovely lady's eyes and say, your hair looks like a flock of goats. Something like that. I think that's what Solomon says, isn't it? Flock of goats. But it feels good, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel great when someone says something nice to you? It feels fantastic. Not only does it feel great when someone says something nice to you, it feels nice when you say something nice to someone else. Because words, we all need affirmation. Maybe, in fact, this is a prophetic moment for some of you. This is your take home today. Is I need to affirm people around me. I need to go out of my way. To, to not be critical, not to point out the errors. I mean, I know I'm an idiot walking around with a wallet on my hat. You don't have to tell me that. I've told myself that. You just need to pat me on the shoulder and say, you'll be all right, Sheridan. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we need to practice words of affirmation because the truth of the matter is, if I can't give someone a compliment, if I can't affirm them and who they are and and when they're making great decisions, sometimes they're not always making great decisions, as we aren't, but, you know, if I can't affirm, it actually says a whole lot more about me, doesn't it? It speaks of my insecurities and, and where I've got the gaps. But I need to be able to affirm others and affirm them well. I need to be able to tell them that I love them. Jan, can you come and help me just for a minute? Is that all right? You see, I want a, I want a close relationship with Jan. That's what I want. I want a close relationship with her. And if I go about it like this, (laughs) we have a word for that. It's called stalking. Stalking. I've actually got to use my words. I've got to say something. But, but how is that really matters, eh? Because if I say to Jan, love you. Love you. Or sometimes the best guys can get out as, it's just not going to cut it, is it? But if I, if, I come to, if I come to Jan, if I look her in the eyes and I say, I love you, Jan. See, I just got half of you men in trouble by doing that then. I know I did. If I can just look her in the eyes and say, I love you, Jen. The way I say it really matters. And I think the way we say it to him, thank you, Dale, you can sit down, really, really matters. The way we say it matters. You see, there's, there's the love languages, isn't there? There's the five love languages. You know about those. Uh, there's uh, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts and touch. And out of those five, there's always one or two that mean more to you as an individual, that that you appreciate more, but they all really matter. Like, if you're a quality time person, that's what you really appreciate, I'm sure if you're offered a gift, you would still say thank you. We, We like them all, even though some mean more. So our language really, really matters. Showing our appreciation really matters. Not only to one another, but to God. Like, I love it when I come down here and I see Warren. He, he is, he's a legend. This man is a legend. And I love it. I love, I love sitting, I love asking him the odd question here and then just listening to the wisdom that comes back to me. I think, oh my goodness, that's incredible. 
Did that feel all right, being acknowledged? It feels good, doesn't it? I, could, I know a few of you in the room, I could go around and say the same thing to you. And when someone acknowledges you and shows value to it and affirms you, it's just like, oh, even though you might not like the limelight, it feels nice. And it feels good. And God responds exactly the same way. It feels good for him. We've got to tell him that we love him. We've got to tell her that we love her. We've got to tell them that we love them. We've got to tell God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that we love him. And how we say it really, really matters. King David, he was known as a man after God's own heart. It tells us that in 1 Samuel and in Acts. And if you read Acts 13, it says, uh, 21, it says, Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. But you sit there and you go, but David made some huge mistakes. Like not little mistakes, he made massive mistakes. And yet God says he's a man after his own heart. How is that? God obviously knew David in a way that we don't know David from reading the passages of scripture. God obviously knew him well, I was really challenged by this in Matthew chapter 7 recently. I think it's one of the scariest passages in the Bible. And not only that, but I discovered I'd been reading it wrong my whole life. One of those wallet moments. It's like, this is what it says. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, you never knew me. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Actually, that's not what it says. That's how I've read it my whole life. What it says is this at the end. But I will reply, I never knew you. This is Jesus talking. I never knew you. Well, I read it the complete opposite way. I never knew you. But no, it's him saying, I never knew you. And I find that incredibly challenging because that changes the, my whole disposition in the way I come before God. Because yes, he knows me, but he wants to know me. Yes, he knows you, but he wants to know you. In other words, he wants us to be an open book before him. I think that's the, the, um, the thing that David knew. And that's why God said he was a man after his own heart was because David, you know, in his Psalms and that he wrote about his expressions of love and emotion and frustrations and sorrows and heartache and joy and uh, faith and anger. He wrote, all, he just poured out his heart before God and God knew him. A uh, example of that is Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? Straight away, there's obviously a conflict in him. Lord, you're my light and you're my salvation, but I'm afraid. Why is that? Just open before God. The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil, evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask the Lord, 
the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when the troubles come. And he will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out on out of reach on high rocks, then he will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At, the, at his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. God wants to know you. He, he, he wants to know you. He wants to be known to you he wants to be known to me and here's the thing when we tell him that we love him how we tell him really matters it really does praise and worship in church I often feel sorry for our 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 creative teams in church because I know they work super hard and and they, they meet during the week and they practice and they come really early and they get set up and they they have these, they know where they want to take us in God. And then we just kind of wandering. I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on the church everywhere. We all do it. We just kind of wandering. It's like, oh no, no, it's all right. They've got three songs at the start. That gives us 15 minutes to be late. And we can still get the, you know. But actually, maybe, maybe that praise and worship is the main part. Because that's not when we're getting fed and we're getting encouraged. That's when we get an opportunity to tell them that we love them. That's that's the opportunity for us just to stretch out because how we tell them really matters. And and say, here I am, Lord, and I love you. And I'm putting everything into telling you that I love you this morning. Because how we tell them really matters. I'm I'm a uh, pretty reserved by nature. I'm I'm actually an introvert. And... um, and I just have this huge desire in my heart to say yes to God. And I end up in places where I think would be better for extroverts, but that's life. And, and I just have this, this huge desire to say yes and for my heart to be after his. I would love him to say of me what he said of David. I knew him. That would be amazing. I'd just feel like I ticked all the boxes. And, um, but recently, I was challenged by a dear friend of mine. He came to me and he said... Um, he said, Sheridan, I've heard you a few times. You, you, you say, you make jokes of things. You say like, oh, I love God and I love people a little less. And he says, why do you say that? Because your life, the evidence of your life does not say that. So why do you say that? It was quite confronting to be fair. And um, so I went and I did a bit of soul searching and I, I had to think about it. And, and I realized that it was... For me, it was a mechanism of just being able to keep just a little bit of distance because I've been beat up more than once in life. And it was just like a safety mechanism that, that, that just didn't quite allow people into that space where I felt vulnerable and, and, and I didn't want to go. Because, look, sometimes, I'm not talking about any of you, I'm talking about people in the North Island, sometimes people are just cruel and sometimes, Jan will ground me again, they're stupid. Just sometimes that is. And sometimes you just get hurt in the midst of it. And, and so, so you have these mechanisms that you, that you put up. And the, the truth is, I love people. I've given my life to serving God and people. 
I loved people. But I just wasn't. So anyway, I felt really convicted and I felt that I needed to tell the church that I loved them. So I needed to stand in front of our church and say, guys, I know I make the odd comment, but I love you guys. You're amazing people. I love you. And then how you say it matters. Because we've got to tell them that we love them. We've got to tell her. I've got to tell her that I love her. I've got to tell him that I love him and how I tell him really, really matters. It really does. I remember, you know, when I was um, years ago, fairly new Christian, I'd stand in church and I'd watch people worshipping Jesus. And they were free. And I'd stand there and I'd watch them and I'd go, boy, I'd love to be free like that in my worship. I'd love to be able to just tell Jesus that I love him like that. But I always felt kind of constrained. And I thought, because I'm kind of reserved and introverted. And I thought to myself, you know, I think I can tell Jesus I love him like that. And I'm going to work at this. I'm going to work at telling him I love him. And I'm going to work at how I tell him I love him. So I decided one day I would raise my hands in church. So I did. Some of you know what I'm talking about, eh? Yeah, yeah. So I raised my hands in church. And I felt so conspicuous. I felt like everyone was watching me because I had my hands in the air. I was free as free could be. Worshipping Jesus. Telling him what I thought of him. And how awesome he is. And how much I love him. How grateful I am to him for his mercy and his grace towards me. And that I can walk life knowing him and that he can know me. And that he cares And then I just kept working it. I know, I know. Now now I'm like, I'm breaking all the boxes now. Like I'm as free as free can be. And then over time. Two hands. And then one day. Now I'm really, I'm out there now. Completely out there, completely exposed. And then slowly over time, I got free in myself and free in him that I could worship. I could just worship. I could worship freely. I didn't care who was around. I still don't care who's around. I can just worship him freely. I think he wants us all to be in that place. We can worship freely. I haven't quite got to David's level yet of dancing through the straits naked, but I decided that today is the day. No, not really. <laughs> I figured if Jesus can hang on a cross for me the least I can do is tell him that I love him and the way I tell him really really matters it really matters the least I can do is tell him that, that, that if, if it doesn't cost me something, if it's not a sacrifice to me, to, to my comfort zone to worship him I, I, it's not actually worth anything it's not until I kind of break that comfort zone that I feel I'm, I'm giving him something now. And I'm uncomfortable in that moment that I start to get free in him. Because how I tell him really matters. The Bible's big on words around worship. You know, it talks about our posture, body positioning, expressions. It talks about our words, our energy, our sincerity. It talks about authenticity, spirit and truth. It even talks about our frequency, our volume. 
But it talks about lifting holy hands. It talks about kneeling. It talks about being, probably my age, I've just got to get the right word. Prostrate. Prostrate. It talks about being prostrate before the Lord. And, and you, you, it talks about all those things. Yet so often we don't engage in those things. I think the difference between religion and genuine heart expression doesn't often look very different. But in the heart, it's completely different. And here's the thing, only you know. Only you know when you're going through the motions or when you're genuinely open, genuinely open before God and worshipping him. We've got to tell him that we love him. See, if, if there's no cost to us, it's just religious. We're just going through the motions. We're just showing up. We just, we don't need to go off the time. Oh, he's probably gone five minutes over now. Come on. It's not costing us, but, but when we worship him, and we come into our presence, his presence and, and we're open before him. You see, it's, it's God encounter moments like that that change our world. And it may not change your world radically, but constantly will change your world. You know, you probably don't remember what you had for dinner last, no, uh, last Wednesday night. But you know it was good for you. Unless you're a teenager here, you're probably at McDonald's. But you know it was good for you. And you know it sustained you. And you know you need to do it regularly. Yeah. Hey, And worship and praise and telling him that we love him like that. If the creatives would like to come back, that would be awesome. Thank you. Speaking and declaring our affection towards God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Sometimes I get confused. Who do I need to be praying to? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Here's the good news. They're three in one. They'll sort it out. They'll sort it out. Don't panic about it. Just worship him. Just praise him. Tell him that we love him. See, if we truly want to walk closer with him, we've got to tell him that we Yeah? Tell him that we Yeah, tell him that we love him. Tell him that we love him. I, I want to finish uh, my time this morning by us singing. And I want to invite you just to go hard out for Jesus. Telling Him that you love Him. I'm not going to pray for anyone or call anyone forward or anything like that this morning. I just want to invite us as a church to stand and to lift our hands. What, you know, what, I, what I see in my mind's eye by faith is that if you haven't got your hands in the air worshipping Jesus this morning, you look conspicuous, not the other way around. That, that our, we just lift our hands and, and for a moment it's a song that you know we sang it just before we just let ourselves go together telling Him that we love Him and I think as some of us do that some of us just stretch a bit by faith to do that there's a profound thing that takes place inside of us where actually we released into another step of freedom in Him and, and I'm convinced that by simply standing, lifting our hands, not as a religious action, but as a heartfelt, I praise you and I thank you, every one of us in this room can leave slightly different than we arrived this morning, simply because we've been in His presence saying, we love you, Jesus, and how we tell you really, really matters. Do you want to jump to your feet? You're ready? I need you to... 
I don't need you. You need you too. You need to. I don't need to. I'm going home. You need to. Lift our voices to it.